0: Um, I am blessed every time I come here. We were here not too long ago for a board meeting, like, uh, your, your church hosted our board meeting in a nice warm office and fed us pizza and salad. Hallelujah. But, um, uh. At that board meeting, Pastor Nate said, "Oh, we're having our grandkids, and oh man, it'd sure would be nice if you would come back and minister." And and I thought, "Oh yes, we get to come back." But um, I just want—I don't want to take a lot of time, Tom's time. Um, but this morning, Tom and I were praying, and I just want to give you a little feel. We have an old farmhouse, and we have a wood stove right about where that lady's in the red dress is. Mary. Mavis. Mavis. I got the M right. (laughs) And right out over there is a big picture window, and my chair is right here, and Tom's chair is right here, and we're in our jammies. Drinking coffee, at least I am because he was up before I am, so this morning we 're praying and i'm l- i 'm looking out the the picture window. we live out in the country, and um, I could see the the fire burning and and i I'm, I'm watching the the bird feeders <sighs> and I was think and then we started praying, and I was saying how I thank the Lord that today the slate was clean. It was a new day. Nothing has transpired yet. It is totally new. Yesterday, whatever happened yesterday is done. I can't change it. It's, It's done with. But today is something fresh something God is going to do for me and I'm going to do for him. It's totally new. And you have to get this in your brain that today is a new day. You're just about, just like this carpet, you're, you're, you're just about to get there. You're just about to get in your victory. You're just about, you don't know what God is going to do. You don't know. So don't give up. Today is a new day. It's clean. So you're just about, Jesus, step over and get into his glory. It's a new day. Say, "It's it's a new day. Amen. Tell you what, let's read the
1: Scripture, and then we'll pray. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. Or common English, you are the light of the world. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus that we have just read. And we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who is with us here today to minister to us and to meet us right where we're at. And Father, you know each person that's here, exactly where they're coming from, what happened this morning before we got to church. I mean, you know every detail, Lord, and you know how to minister by your Holy Spirit to each person. So we just ask you to customize this message uh, to, the, to each of the hearers, Lord, according to their need, and bring forth your will in this people and in this church. We thank you, Lord, for all that has happened up to this point at Living Word Church. We thank you for all the investments that people have made of their time and energy and finances and prayers to bring this local church to this place. And we thank you for the light that is here, the fire, the glory that is here And Lord, I pray today that we would be able to pour some gasoline on that fire. And that there would be an expansion of the glory of God in this place and through the ministry of the people that are here, that you would continue your work. God, we just open our hearts for you to minister today, that we would not hear, Lord, the, the voice of a man, but we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and be changed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all the people shouted, Amen. Amen. Well, that's a pretty good shout. And all the people shouted a little louder, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Hey, we've got to break out. The woman of God says, step in. Come on, let's go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You are the light of the world. Well, Jesus said something interesting there. He says, you are the light of the world. Amen. It's interesting. When Jesus was on the earth, he says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. You think of it, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And then he passed the baton, he passed the light, he passed the energy, he passed the power Sourced to us so that we could be the light of the world. I want you to think about this today not just as a metaphor, you know. I'm the light of the world, you know. This is a reality. It's spiritual light. You know, Jesus came into the world, it says in in the first chapter of John, he's the one that lights every man. He lights our candle. He lights our fire. He brings spiritual light to us, the light of God. And now we are the carriers of that light. Can I have an amen? In John 8, 12, Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. When we follow Jesus, we're in the light. Amen? We will not be in the, in the darkness anymore. But we live in a world of darkness. Amen? That needs a light. That needs a compass. That needs to be able to see. Amen? And God's got a plan for them to see, and that plan is you and I. Can I have an amen? You carry the very light of God, the glory of God, wherever you go. Amen? And this old dark world needs light, and you're the one, just the one, that can bring that light to them. Can I have an amen? Uh, Philippians 2.15 says, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in this world. I want you to get that picture in your mind when you leave the church today, or even while you're here, you are the light of the world. Just think about it. Without you, spiritually speaking, the world would be completely dark. Amen? You've been in an airplane, you flew flew over the land, and you look down, there's light, right? There's physical light where the cities are, where the streets are, and so on. Well, spiritually, there would be zilch, no light without you. Think about it. You have a very important role in this world. Can I have an amen? And Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now you are light. You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's what I'm here to encourage you to do today, to walk as children of light, to walk in the revelation, as the pastor uh, touched on today, that, you know, the greatest revelation is that Christ is in us. Colossians uh, twenty seven. it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. What does the world need? The world needs Jesus. How's Jesus going to come to the world? Through you. Amen? It's Christ in you. Remember that. May the light turn on. And may you realize that you are that light. He says, walk as children of light. Let your life conform to the light. Amen? Walk in the love, walk in the power, walk in the glory. Amen. We've got to get out of this mentality that we're just, you know, forgiven sinners. Yes. Thank God. That's, I mean, what a wonderful revelation that we're forgiven. (laughs) Amen. But there's more. Not only did he forgive us, he came in us. Amen. He changed us. He made us new creatures. He gave us the divine nature. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's part of the gospel too. Praise the Lord. And so we are carriers of the very glory of God. Hallelujah. So when you walk into a store, Jesus walks into that store. Amen. When you walk into your home, Jesus is walking into, that, into your home. Amen. Wherever you go, God goes. Amen. Amen. That's lifestyle Christianity. It's letting Jesus live through you. Can I have an amen? And there's so much power in that that I just want to encourage you in that today. Praise the Lord. Now, when you think about light in the natural, what does light do? Well, it illuminates. If we had all the windows blocked off and all the lights turn on here, it'd just be black, right? It'd just be dark. You could not see. And so if I tried to get out of here or go back to, to that door, I'm liable to stumble and fall. Thank God for light. Amen? So you don't stumble and fall. So it illuminates. Light also warms. We have a, a grow light going right now because we're starting our plants for the garden. And we've got it sitting right down there next to those plants because that light puts out warmth. And it makes things grow. Amen? You know, light is so important in the natural. I mean, Everything is based on light, right? It comes from the sun. All this, you know, uh, we talk about solar power, okay? Well, the lights that are the power that gets these lights going here today, that's running all of the systems in this building, came from solar power. You say, no, 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 it's uh, coal or oil or natural gas. Well, where'd that come from? It all goes back to the sun, amen. All the energy that's on the earth, amen, came from the sun, amen. So it's all, I mean, coal is just stored solar energy. Oil is the same thing. It's just plants that decomposed and became uh, fuel. And so everything, all the plant life, therefore all the animal life, therefore your physical life, it's all comes from the sun, amen. It's very, very vitally important, amen? And the same way in the Spirit, it's vitally important that we have light. It says in the book of Revelation that in heaven we will not need the sun because the glory of God is the light of that place. The glory of God is the light of that place, see? So spiritually speaking, God's Holy Spirit, God's light, God's glory is light, I had a friend I just talked to, and, and he's gone through a lot of health issues in the last few years. And Back in, uh, I think it was 2011, he was telling me he, he had heart surgery, and he died. And they, I mean, they literally lost his pulse, his blood pressure went to zero. But he told me that when he died, he experienced this great tunnel, and at the end of the tunnel was light. He said, I'm not afraid to die but I'm going to see more than the light. I'm going to see, you know, Jesus and so on. But there's light at the end of the tunnel, folks. (laughs) And there's light available to you today. And there's light available to this dark world and the people around you and your relatives and friends that need Jesus. There's light available to them through you. Amen. And it's so vitally important that we understand that we are the light of the world. Every every person in here, every person that hears this message, you're the light of the world. And sometimes, you know, in Christianity, we get this idea, yeah, you know, it's it's the pastors and the evangelists and the media ministries and all these things, you know. But, you know, most of the ministry is really done by God's people. Just us ordinary folks, amen? Statistics show that 80 to 90% of the people that come to the Lord come as the result of a witness or an invitation from a friend or relative. 80 to 90%. So, you know, th- you know thank God for television ministry and radio ministry and, and all kinds of different ministry and mass meetings and stuff like that, but it doesn't really work apart from you and I reaching out to people. I remember back in uh, the 70s, 77, I was uh, the long-haired hippie guy I showed you on on the book there and searching. Susan and I were searching and we were looking for God, but we didn't know how to find God. But I got a job at a sawmill and there was a man there that was a Christian believer and part of a Christian fellowship. And so he started inviting me to his church, and he started giving me testimonies about his life and things that the Lord had done. And uh, I don't know how many times he invited me, but it was quite a few. And so, he, you know, uh, during that time, he just, you know, he just lived the Christian life before me, shared testimonies said, you know, hey, you ought to come over to our fellowship. And, you know, usually I just kind of made fun of the idea and, and so forth. But... Him and his wife then invited us over to their house for dinner. So we went over, and they gave us this nice dinner and just served us and loved us and blessed us, you know. And then after dinner, they started just sharing testimonies about what God had done in their life, you know. And I I don't think I had met his wife before then, so I got to hear her testimony. And as we were getting ready to leave, they said, you know, you should come over to our fellowship. You should visit our church. And so they had been so nice to us, we felt obligated. (laughs) And uh, they said, there's an evangelist coming. So on July 4th, 1977, we went to this Christian fellowship. Uh, It was called Christian Outreach Fellowship, Caledonia, Minnesota. And heard an evangelist speaking. Didn't understand really a thing he said. But God touched us in that meeting felt the presence of God, we saw people excited about Jesus, and something inside me said, this is what you've been looking for. Traveling all over the country, doing everything, this and that, and the other thing, trying to find God. This is what you've been looking for. And so every time the door was open from then on, we were at church. And within about three months, uh, Susan had given her life to the Lord and been baptized, and then later on, I I also uh, received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And was changed. Hallelujah. Thank God for that couple. That is lifestyle evangelism. That's what it's all about. Just sharing Jesus where you live, where you work, Amen, where you shop, being that light in the world. You can do it. Turn your neighbors, say, You can do it. Hallelujah. It's not so hard. Amen. Have you ever told anybody, hey, you ought to go to this restaurant? It's really, They really have good food over there at that restaurant. Kind of the same thing in the spiritual. You ought to meet my best friend Jesus. He is wonderful. He set me free. Hallelujah. And I've got a good church too. You should come. They have friendly people. They've got a pastor that teaches the word of God, uh, loving environment. Come on over. Praise God. Lifestyle evangelism. Lifestyle Christianity. I found out recently that statistics show that only 3% of churches in America are growing because of evangelism. Some are growing because people coming from other churches that have already been saved, but only 3% are actually growing because of evangelism. We need to wake up, folks. Amen. We need to start reaching out. Praise God. It's not as hard as you think. The devil makes it hard. Yeah. Amen. You can do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do it. Somebody said, I already did that. Well, I'll do it again. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Turn over to um, 2 Corinthians 3. I kind of got on this light and glory theme as I was preparing. And so I want to share some scriptures with you because how many know we live in a dark world? And sometimes we can't believe the way people act and think and talk, right? We can't believe some of the things that you hear on the news, the way politicians talk. Well, we will get into that. <laughs> All right, where was I? Second uh, 2 Corinthians 3. I've got the wrong reference there. No, I want to look at, yeah, I want to look at 3. Let's, first of all, let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Everybody say, the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. We all, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are, what? change everybody say changed hallelujah turn your neighbor and say change <laughs> praise god how are we changed by looking in a mirror at the glory of god as a glass looking at the glory of a looking in a mirror well what do you do when you look in a mirror you see a reflection of yourself you wow what's that going to do for me When you look in that mirror, you should see Jesus. You should see Christ. Amen? When we look in the mirror and we see who we are in Christ, we see the reality of what God has done in our life, what it really means, the power of that redemption that's happened in our life. We see the reflection of Christ. We see that we, that Christ is in us, the hope of glory, that we are new creatures in Christ. It says by doing that, You're going to be changed. We need to see that the glory is on us. Now, glory is one of those words, isn't it? That's just, can be just kind of a religious word. The glory. You know? And it's in the Bible. I mean, all through the Old Testament, New Testament, the glory. Yes, the glory of God. We've got the doxology. That's about the glory of God because doxa is the Greek word for glory. But what is the glory of God? You study it in the scripture when he talked about the glory of God. It's his presence. It's his power. It's his fire. It's his smoke and vapor. I mean, it's the manifested presence of God. In the Old Testament, the glory filled the tabernacle in the wilderness In Solomon's temple, when they were praising and worshiping God and saying, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever, it said the glory of God filled that place so that the ministers could not stand. It's his presence in manifestation. And so I want to encourage you, when you see the word glory in the scriptures, let's stop reading over that and think about what it means. Just translate it, manifested presence. When we look in that mirror, we see the manifested presence of the Lord. We're changed into that same image, becoming like Jesus through that presence. We're talking about being a witness. We're talking about being a light. It goes back to your personal relationship with the Lord. It goes back to spending time in his presence so that you can carry that glory. Amen? You know, there's different kind of lights. There's, there's candles. There's little night lights. We got night lights in our house, you know. And then I think these may be, I don't know, are these LED or what are these? They're little lights. I mean, it's kind of bright because there's a lot of them there. Praise God. That's another message. (laughs) But, you know, there's little lights, and then there's bright lights. I want to encourage you to turn up the dimmer switch on your life. Amen? So that you can be a bright light for Jesus. How many are hearing what I'm saying? You know, when there's a crime scene or a disaster and it's dark out, you know, what they, they bring these portable floodlight systems, right? It's got a generator and it's got this, like, bank of lights and it's whoosh. I mean, when they're there, it's bright. Amen? So when there's a crime scene and there's a disaster, amen, and a lot of lives are disasters, somebody needs a floodlight system, To come and turn the light on, praise God. You can do that, amen? See, because you carry this presence, you carry this glory. I want to encourage you, encourage you. You are the light of the world, praise God. Praise God. You're standing next to somebody uh, in an elevator, praise God, nice closed environment, just release the glory, Just release the glory on them. Amen? Release the presence of God upon them. Amen? That they can sense Jesus Christ through you. Radiate that glory. All right. And then in the fourth chapter, notice. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. I mean, how do people believe the things that they do? How do people believe that abortion is a good thing? I mean, you have to be blind. Amen? And, and I'm, not, you know, I'm not bashing people that have, had abortions. I mean, it's, a, it's another sin. It's a, Jesus will forgive that sin. But what I'm saying is the things that people believe is because they're blind. Amen? You say, boy, they sure are sinners. Well, yeah, they sure do sin because they're sinners. They need Jesus. They need somebody to pull the wool off their eyes. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light. Everybody say the light. The light, the light of the glorious gospel. We have a glorious gospel. Hallelujah. The glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah should shine unto them. Jesus is like a laser beam (laughs) that he projects his light to those who will receive it. The thing of it is, though, the Lord is a gentleman. Amen? And he's looking for hearts that are open to receive. And you and I can help them to see that light so that they'll want to receive. For we preach not ourselves, But Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. That's good to keep that in order. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. You know, very often in prayer, I hear the Lord say, look at me. Just look at me. Look, Isaiah says, Isaiah 6, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train, filled the temple. I want to encourage you to see Jesus. Oh, you may not have an open vision, but he'll reveal himself to you. You know what I mean by an open vision? Open vision is like like, uh, what Paul had on the road to Damascus. It may not be exactly like that. But you'll experience the reality of Jesus Christ. That happened to me. I experienced the reality of Jesus Christ back in 1977. I've never been the same. Never been the same. Somebody said, told T.L. Osborne, he was seeking to serve the Lord, and he heard this in a meeting. This lady said, If you ever see Jesus, you'll never be the same. So he prayed. And Jesus walked into his house. (laughs) And he was never the same. (laughs) Hallelujah. He started going to all these countries, and people started getting healed. People started getting saved. Life started to be changed. If you ever see Jesus, you'll never be the same. See, it goes back to your relationship with the Lord, experiencing who he is. Because when you've got that, witnessing is just, just normal. I mean, how can you keep your mouth shut? <laughs> Can I have an amen? Flip back to Isaiah 60, if you would. Church. Church of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 60. First word here is a verb. That means the subject is an understand, understood subject, you. So turn to your neighbor and say, this means you. You, arise. Come on, church. You, arise. Shine. For thy light is come. Oh, if I could just get the light. If I could just get the light. It has come. Are you hearing me today? You, arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. How many know that's true? The world is full of darkness and gross darkness. And sometimes as Christians, we look at what's going on, whether it be terrorism or crime or immorality or the things that are said and done on television or whatever it is and we go, whoa, man there's so much darkness you know what didn't catch the Lord by surprise he said darkness will cover the earth gross darkness the people and you know what else he has an answer to the darkness what is the remedy for darkness light (laughs) light Arise, shine, church. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's get out of our discouragement. Yeah. Let's get out of our apathy. Let's stir ourselves up in the Holy Ghost and get with Jesus. Amen. And release him to this world. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, church. You can do it. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's okay to get excited in this church, by the way. <laughs> Amen. Good to get excited. Make the the devil nervous. Praise God. Whoa, come on. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles, that's unsaved people or the unsaved nations, shall come to thy light. They'll come. They'll come. They'll fill these chairs. Then you're going to have to make another sanctuary over there. Amen. Then you're going to have to add another fellowship hall. Amen. Because they'll come. They'll come. You are the light of the world. That's how it happens. Amen. Wow. Something's happening in your life. I want to find out more about it. Where did you say you go to church? Amen. The Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. Get a vision of this thing. Get a vision of growth and expansion and development of the kingdom of God in your area and in the world. Look, folks, we're on the winning team, we've got the winning ingredient. We've got the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. All we've got to do is get with him, get filled up, and go. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited here. I think I'm going to get really charged out of this meeting. Praise God. I hope you do too. Lift up your eyes round about. All oh, they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. You know, I was thinking about that. You said your sons will come from far. You know, everybody's complaining, even Christians, about all the refugees coming to America. Hey, maybe we ought to need to look at Isaiah 60, verse 4. Your sons shall come from far. Maybe we need to be witnessing to those Muslims that are coming to the United States of America. Maybe they came here to get some light. Hello? In my book, I told a story about a woman I witnessed to on an airplane when I was going to India, she was a Hindu lady. And uh, she had lived in the United States for 11 years. Before that, she was, lived for about 25 years in India. She was in her 30s. And uh, the Lord enabled me to talk to her and give her the, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with her, thank God. But she had lived in the United States for 11 years, and nobody ever told her about Jesus. People say, well, we're a Christian nation. Well, come on, let's be then. Amen. <laughs> thy sons shall come from far. Thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. That's part of it too is nurturing people, nursing them. Amen. We had lambs this week. And those I'm just amazed when we have these little lambs, how they know exactly what to do. And Mama knows, this is the first time you, she knew exactly what to do, how to take care of those, how to take care of those lambs. And they knew exactly, you know, how to nurse. And, how, you know, they said, we're going to stick with Mama. Amen? And that's what we need to do. We need to nurture new believers and encourage them in the Lord. Amen? And they'll be nursed at your side. That means that you'll be nurturing people. You'll be caring for people. Praise God. Then thou shalt see and what? Flow together. Flow together. Everybody say, flow together. Unity. Unity. When we get our eyes on the harvest of souls that God wants to bring, and we get our eyes on Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, then we will flow together. Doctrinal differences, denominational walls will come down when we get our eyes on Jesus Christ and his goal to reach this world. And we see these people flooding into the kingdom. All that stuff won't matter. I'm preaching better than your amen in today, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm not bragging on my preaching, but I tell you what, the Holy Ghost is here. I wish you'd get a hold of this and jump up and down and shout because Jesus is doing something in his church today. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Pastor Nate, I gotta come back here again. This is fun. (laughs) Where were we? Then thou shalt see and flow together and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. And the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The abundance of the sea. The Scripture, when the Scripture uses the word sea, it's talking about the multitudes. Every day I get an email from the Joshua Project talking about a different country, a different tribe, different people that need to know Jesus. And if you let it, it could be discouraging because you read about these places while well, they're under this Muslim domination or this, this and that and the other thing, you know, and you think, whoa, wow, what is this? You know, North, North Africa's, they're under this thing. But it says, the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. God's bringing a change in the earth. God's bringing an end-time harvest. But what I'm talking to you about today is... God's plan for the end-time harvest and how you fit into that plan. You fit into that plan right here in Redwood Falls, Living Word Church. Right here in your community where you live, where you walk, where you breathe. Jesus is in you to reach this world. Can I have an amen? Flip over in your Bible to Acts, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. Acts, the fifth chapter. Uh, Acts 5, verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord at Solomon's porch. Uh, And the rest durst no man join himself to him. This is after uh, Ananias and Sapphira. But the people magnified them, and the believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about to Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed, everyone. So here's a man of God walking down the street, and people were getting up from stretchers because his shadow was passing over them. In other words, he was carrying the glory that we're talking about. I feel that glory right now. He was... Carrying, you know, the glory wherever he went. Hallelujah. Now, that word where it said overshadow, this is what it means the Greek word to envelop in a shadow, a shining cloud, surrounding or enveloping persons with brightness. like the old testament cloud of glory the presence and the power of god it's a shining cloud the same word was used when the angel spoke to mary and said the holy spirit shall overshadow you and that holy thing that will be born of you born in you will be the son of god you see that cloud that glory effects change The people in your community need change. You carry that same glory. It's not that Peter was just so exceptional. I just believe he had tapped into the glory. And God uses different people different ways, no doubt. But I'm telling you, the glory is for every one of us. We radiate the glory of God. We carry the force field of Jesus become aware of it, look into his face, carry that glory to the people around you. It was said of Smith Wigglesworth that if he would sit down in a train next to someone, not even say a word, sometimes they would just say, I'm convicted by your presence." And then he would take out his little New Testament, which he always had with him, and lead him to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Charles Finney, the evangelist, American evangelist, went on a tour of a factory, a sewing factory. There's all these ladies sitting there sewing, doing their thing. And he's walking through there, and he looked at this one lady, and she just began to break down and weep and cry over conviction of her sin. And God just began to move on the people in that factory so that the manager of the factory shut down the works and said, let's have a meeting. And people got saved in that place. And it was said of Charles Finney in his meetings that there were times when he would be in a town having meetings and people that came into that town on their horse and buggy or their wagon, as they approached the town, would come under the awareness of the presence of God in that city. And sometimes there'd be you would see people getting down off of their wagon and kneeling down beside the road in repentance to God over the glory and the presence that was there. And one of the things about Charles Finney's Meanings is there was prayer. He had a man named Father Nash who went into those cities and and had prayer meetings for weeks at a time sometimes before he came in there. But there was prayer. God's people pray. The glory is released. But we've got to pray in faith. (laughs) We have to pray in accordance with the Word of God. We've got to pray in accordance of who we are in Christ and what He has done for us. Can I have an amen? Now, I want to share with you just briefly practical tips for I'm having a hard time not laughing here because when I was a pastor I used to do this, I'd preach and then I'd give seven seven tips or seven keys and Susan would go, (laughs) these are going to be these are going to be 10 short practical tips <laughs> uh, for reaching others for Jesus. And think about these. You know, Get the, these notes and think about these because I'm not going to dwell on them. I'm just going to mention them. But I believe these are true, truly things that will help you to reach others for Jesus. And, and the first bunch is Spiritual your relationship with the Lord. Number one, totally consecrate your life to God and cry out for God's love and purity to be manifested in your life. It's hard to lead others to Christ unless we're consecrated to him ourselves. And that, that is really the first thing is just, to, just surrender and, and cry out that God would make your thoughts and actions and attitudes pure. And that his love would be manifested even to the most unlovable. In Jesus' name. And then secondly, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall have many goosebumps. Well, no, that's just a side effect. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses. The power is for witnessing. Amen? And then stay full of the Spirit. Oh, I was filled with the Spirit back in the move of God, back in nineteen forty-eight, bless God. Well, what about today? Be being filled, it says in Ephesians five, eighteen. Be being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Enjoy God, folks. Enjoy the Holy Ghost. Enjoy His presence every day, and just get filled up. Amen. Life goes so much better that way. <laughs> Amen. Number three, pray for the lost and open your mind. Uh, in heart, to the reality of their lost condition. Think about what it means to be lost and what it would be to go out into eternity without Christ. That literally changed my life. I began to pray. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. said, pray for all men. Pray for those in their authority. And, and it said that God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And then it said, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's only one mediator. Muhammad won't get you to heaven. Amen? No, none of the religions of the world, the humanistic philosophy, will not get you there. There's only one mediator. His name is Jesus. Folks, people need Jesus. So think about that. Meditate that. Pray those scriptures like that, and it will change your thinking change your attitude, and will cause your actions to be different around lost people. Number four, be willing to, what? Did somebody use the S word in this church? Be willing to suffer. I'm not talking about suffering sickness and disease. I'm talking about suffering persecution. Be willing to suffer persecution. Now, folks, most of the time when you share Jesus and you share with an uplifting attitude, most of the time it, they, they're going to receive, it's going to be okay. But always remember, sometimes it won't. Okay? And so just get it settled right now that, hey, no matter what, I'm following the Lord. Amen? I'm willing to take a rebuff. I remember one time I was going great guns and personal witnessing, and I, I usually witness at the mall where we walk. And I went up to this guy and, said something to him about eternity, and man, he got mad. Well, of course I, I'm going to heaven. You know? Well, I mean, just his attitude showed that something was wrong. But I did, it kind of cooled my jets for a little while. after that we got to just, hey, get past that. It's part of the deal. Number five, work with your local church to reach others and make disciples. It's a team effort. Share with people. Invite people to your church where they can be fed. Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples. Yes, witnessing is part of it, but people need to be fed. Amen. People need a pastor. People need other believers to gather around them and encourage them. And praise God for the local church you have here. You know, just realize what a blessing this is. This oasis that's right here. Amen. Satan comes to lie about these things and to deceive us. But I'll tell you what, I can speak from experience. You guys are blessed. You are so blessed. You know? So, Just you know, build up your local church. Bring people to church. Amen. Encourage them, nurture people, and work together uh, to reach this world for Jesus Christ. Number six, love people. Some people have the idea witnessing is sort of about attacking people. That's the furthest thing in the world from the truth. Jesus loved people. Remember he had lunch with Zacchaeus, and he's just sitting there, just doesn't even say he preached a sermon. He's just loving them. All of a sudden, Zacchaeus stands up and repents. Jesus said, this day is salvation come to this house. Love people, help people, do stuff for people. I have a pastor friend in North Dakota, he says, you know, I found out that we can't reach anybody unless we minister to their needs in some way. And So that's very often where the way it starts. It's not preaching a sermon, it's just loving people in a practical way and exuding love and exuding forgiveness instead of judgmentalism. And like I say, there's a lot more about this on, uh, in that book. Uh, You Can Touch the World. And also on our website, we have about almost 50 posts about evangelism on there. So check that out because there's a lot of good teaching and training on there uh, to help you. But it is real basic. And at the same time, we should just keep growing. Amen? It's one of those things. It's just real basic. The person that's saved one day can be a witness for the Lord. Amen? Amen? But then we should grow and we should develop. Can I have an amen? Number seven, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. He knows who has needs. He knows how to meet them. Amen. And you follow that guidance. Remember, uh, the fellow Ananias, was sent to to, uh, Saul and ministered to him after he had seen Jesus on the way. So follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and grow in that. Number eight, share your personal story. Paul did that. Oh, king, I was on the road to Damascus, you know. He, everywhere he went, he's sharing this testimony about what Jesus did in his life. There's, there's, there's almost nothing more powerful than your personal story. It's reality. I heard a story one time about a college professor, and, and there was a student in his class that got saved, found Jesus as her Savior. So he took her out to lunch, and, started giving, giving her all these reasons why the Bible's not true and so on. And she turned to him and she said, well, I don't know about all that, but one thing I know, I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, now I see. Jesus changed my life. It's a living reality. Your testimony is so powerful. Don't a- underestimate the value of your testimony that you share with somebody. It might be a seed that literally change, changes their life. And by the way, Not everybody that you share Jesus with is going to get saved that same day. There was a a man in our life that we were picking apples, and he was another apple picker. And every time when I'd walk past his tree, he'd look down and say, Hello, Brother Tom. And he'd give me a scripture, (laughs) tell me something about Jesus. And that was a seed in our life. Share your story. Uh, Number nine, prepare yourself to share the gospel by studying and meditating on the scriptures concerning God's plan of salvation. Uh, And if you have the notes, I I didn't have a chance to to talk about the glorious gospel. Uh, So read that over and study those scriptures because it has the basic plan of salvation there on the first page. Think about those things so that you can just share it easily with others. And then finally, number ten, learn how to lead people to Christ in prayer. It's a simple thing. And you can base it on Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 9 and 10. Uh, you can lead someone to the Lord that way. praise God. Let me hear, love Jesus. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota 56002.